Hello, I'm Bruce Muley, Treasury Advisor Executive at Bank of America, and you're listening to the Treasury Insights podcast series. As Treasury operations evolve from a primarily scheduled batch processing world to a multi-speed on-demand capability, new and different risks are encountered that require a different approach. Post-event or post-execution controls are no longer fit for purpose. And in a world of real-time execution, always-on processing, manual controls will no longer be effective. In this podcast, we explore these new risks, their potential impact, and what new capabilities are required for Treasury to effectively manage them. We also examine the opportunity that increased digitization offers to manage risk and fraud, expanding Treasury's operational capability using data and intelligent tools to increase the reach of risk mitigation. I'm delighted to be joined by Estefani Ashbrook, Treasury and Accounts Receivable Supervisor at Silicon Containers, and Greg Kavanagh, Global Head of Product Management and Global Transaction Services at Bank of America. Welcome, Estefani and Greg. To bring this concept to life, let's discuss some examples of where instant or real-time technologies introduce new risks or change the risk dynamic. Estefani, perhaps you could share some of your experiences at Silgan Containers. Looking at payment methods, we can discuss the evolution of payments and the risk. Most of our payments were made via check payments, and positive pay was a great prototype for fraud mitigation. But we know that electronic payments are more secure than check payments. And as companies migrate from checks to EFTs, electronic payments are now the main target from fraudsters. Additional safeguards are needed. For example, we now follow the standard protocol of doing verbal verifications of banking details along with the banking validation product. And we have identified fraudsters posing as vendors requesting an update to their banking details. We we'll get an email asking us to update information. Once we contact this vendor, they will indicate that the email did not originate from them. Estefani, what you've had to do is to re-engineer or redesign some of your processes to include new techniques of managing that move to a faster on-time world. That's correct. In addition to changing procedures, we also had to change technology. We changed our process to just requesting an EFT form, bank letter, a verbal validation. And as I said, we're also adding a technology to add the bank validation feature when we send a bank file to Bank of America just to confirm account information. Thank you, Estefani. I like to describe digital risk as a double-edged sword. There are new types of risk, but there also has been an increase in the new tools available to manage those risks. Greg, in your role as Global Head of Product, how have you seen the real-time impact on the bank's solutions manifest itself? What have we had to do to ensure that our clients are in full control in this faster world? Thanks, Bruce. Yes, a couple things. One is we have to do our day job, which is as we build out the real-time payment rails, we will also need to build out our requisite sanction screening and fraud monitoring. And these are absolutely critical on our side. We also have to fortify connections with our clients, provide capabilities that allow for appropriate authentication on the user side of any of our tools. And then, frankly, a lot of it is education, 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 and educating all of our clients and all of our internal users around the types of fraud, 
how to avoid it. And I think Stefani hit on a very basic one is verification of payers and knowing who your payer is or receiver. I think it might be a better way to say it. That's a very simple but very important thing because with real time, as you said, Bruce, it is not cancelable and the likelihood of refunds is much more difficult, particularly if it's real fraud versus an accident or an error. Thanks, Greg. And the fundamental concept we're talking about here is as technology evolves, the risk framework and business processes need to evolve in harmony. And maybe over to you, Stefani, what should treasurers be thinking about when evaluating new technology from a risk perspective? Treasury teams need to be cognizant that as new technology becomes available, no risk will develop. And we need to work closely with our information technology departments to assess cybersecurity, data privacy, compliance, business continuity. Thanks, Stefani. And what about people? Greg mentioned about educate, educate, educate. Are you having the same challenges within your treasury function? Yes, it's dual control. You have your systems and they can only do as much as the people who are populating this data. So you can automate certain things to eliminate data entry errors, but you still rely on common sense and your treasury analysts being agents of compliance and agents of security. And it's a mentality that we are promoting and having to teach not just our treasury departments, but also our internal counterparts. It's an education exercise when we are making sure that everybody's aware of the fraud risks that are prevalent in today's age. It's not just a responsibility of the treasury department. Email compromise will start in any point of the organization. So we try to share the knowledge whenever we get information on fraud prevention webinars and why not, is not just limited to the treasury or accounting department. We want to make sure that this is a company-wide effort. Stefani, you mentioned data. So let's move on to the importance of data. On-demand access to valid, timely data underpins any capability to manage an automated process. What should treasury be doing to improve the ability to leverage data? How is this working within silicon containers? The answer to this technology is more technology. With a lot of data right now, you need to be able to analyze that data for it to be useful. You don't want to have data overload. We are really focusing on embracing technology, looking at new data management tools, developing new strategies, and reviewing and updating our strategy as a whole just to make sure that we are having the right resources and that we can obtain what we need from this data. Do you feel that you've got better at managing data? Is there more data available to you? And do you have the tools to be able to manage and perform the analysis you need off the back of that data? It is a work in progress. I will say today things are much better than they were a couple of years ago. It's just as we are moving slowly into new technologies. It's not a plug and play where we can say we're going to acquire this feature and it's going to work and meet all our needs. Yes, we are using different resources and we are having more visibility to the data and getting the analytics that we are interested. There's still a part of it that is really manual and it's still a work in progress, as I said, but we are really starting to implement new features and trying to get to a more digitized way. When I talk to clients across the bank, I hear that time and time again, where a lot of data challenges are gradually being overcome, but it's still a work in progress. Maybe back to you, Greg, how can and are banks adding value tools or access to data 
to help corporates face these new challenges around risk and control. Real-time payments is a great example, Bruce, where the actual payment mechanism, the rail enables much richer data. The proliferation of new payment rails, like real-time payments globally, provides a much more data-rich environment. Additionally, banks are working through ISO or 200-2-2. That, as well, enhances data on existing rails to have much more data-rich transactions. Where a bank can bring value versus an individual client is data at scale, where we have obviously anonymized, but we would have the ability to gather that data, probably more efficiency given sheer size, but then also provide benchmarking across industries, regions, et cetera, to give insights to our clients as to what they're doing very well at. And thankfully, we have some fantastic clients that can teach other clients how to do things and or where there might be opportunities to improve, get more efficient on both payment mechanisms, but also how we interact. It's like client dashboards of where there have been service issues or certain individuals leveraging an outdated model for engaging versus a much more efficient online channel. I think it is great that our clients are building up their data. That's absolutely important for them, but the banks have a job to play there and harnessing data at scale and helping our clients to improve their operations as well. Greg, five years ago, banks wouldn't really have recognized the term a data scientist. Yet today, I see we have a data scientist team. What are they doing? How are they adding value back into the bank, but also back into the clients? The key to all of this is accessing the data. Many banks have legacy systems say, different payment rails, et cetera. So you've got to access and aggregate the data. You've got to clean the data up and make it truly usable. You've got to index the data. And then you've got to know how to manipulate the data, what is good information versus random occurrences. What we started to do first years ago, five years, maybe a little longer, is ensuring that we had quality data internally and for our regulators. And then with that, and again, having amassed significant amounts of data, which are required to satisfy the regulators, is bringing in those data scientists that then harness it appropriately to drive both internal business decisions, but frankly, the most valuable is bringing new tools and products to our clients, leveraging that data. And the data scientists have been absolutely critical in taking the aggregation and the organization of data to the next level of making it much more understandable, usable, and executable. Thanks, Greg. Awareness is another of my favorite topics. Estefani, what are some of the practical solutions that a treasurer can start using now? What are you doing? I think one of the most practical solutions we can have right now is embrace automation. It eliminates errors for data entry. It helps you streamline processes. And it frees up time for more analytic and fraud mitigation initiatives, embracing tools that will help you with data analytics, risk management, fraud prevention. That will be the most practical solution that we can start utilizing. I'm going to piggyback on something that Greg said. He's mentioned about working with some companies and how changes have come up for those conversations. Having a strong line of communication with your 
bank, it's one of the most efficient things that an treasury team can do right now. They will be introducing you to the services as they come. We're talking about new technology, so they can help you introduce you to new resources that we may not all be aware. It is a true partnership, and that's how we're going to start not just deploying these services, but also making the most out of them. Thanks, Estefania. Great advice. And I suppose no conversation about digital risk would be complete without some mention about the coverage more recently in regards to generative AI. And Greg, I'm going to throw this one your way. Do you think we are ready to exploit these new capabilities, both in Treasury, but also within the bank? That's a very good question, Bruce, and it is not an easy one. So thank you for giving me that. Essentially, I do think we can. And again, this is Greg Cavanaugh's personal opinion, not as a authorized spokesman at the bank. The simple answer is we can. I think there's been basic spreadsheets, which in theory, if you stretch it, could be considered artificial intelligence because it's doing calculations for you. You have machine learning, they have bots. And so right now there are a lot of treasurers. We just had a client advisory board and we heard many of them do use bots to automate some of their more mundane yet important tasks. We are currently using it, many banks, many clients. And I do think it is extremely value added on tactical, non-strategic tasks. I think when you start getting to more strategic, let's say bidding on a piece of business, if you're a client, or frankly, the bank bidding on a piece of business and a request for proposal, for something that you would consider strategic, I do think there's an AD20, i.e. AI could do the 20% that generates 80% of the content, or at least the broad strokes of the content. But I think you would not want to outsource the true strategic benefit of having a truly seasoned individual actually managing anything that AI is doing and or finalizing or rounding out what the AI is doing. Because at the end of the day, the AI is only as good as the programmer. And we all know programmers are human, which implies fault, but it's always going to be necessary, in my opinion, to have a human actually inspecting any output AI, and particularly as it relates to strategic content, still adding significant amount of value on their own. AI is only as good as the programmer. It was a difficult question to pose, Greg, very well answered. Effectively, you're saying AI and intelligent automation can and is having a role in how banks and corporates can process and execute functions, but there's always going to be the control and perhaps the final client interaction from a human in the loop. Absolutely. And again, I think that dovetails nicely into real-time payments or real-time anything, I think it adds tremendous value. It can make you much more efficient, but it doesn't relinquish your responsibility to have controls, whether that's admin controls or technical or both. Whether it's real-time payments, your comment on awareness, what can banks do to educate our clients on the type of admin or technical controls they could or should have. It's also client advisory boards where we hear stories from our clients about how they've uncovered fraud or how they've prevented that they can share with other clients and with the bank. Again, awareness is critical, but the controls are absolutely necessary. Thanks, Greg.
maybe one last word from me. As we move into a world of dual-speed treasury, where we have one part of treasury is using real-time capabilities, but the other part of treasury is using more traditional batch processing, there's going to be increased risk and there's going to be increased complexities in executing that function appropriately and safely. I think the key to understanding this is designing processes for their purpose and their need and fully understanding the impacts and ramifications from end-to-end along that process and all the partners, stakeholders and customers involved in that process. This has been a great conversation and really gets to the heart of the concept of an on-time treasury, which is making sure that any new technology meets a need only when it is actually needed and when the business is actually ready for it. We've touched on so many good topics so far in the series, highlighting the need to balance new and old technologies, focus on workflow transparency, and of course, taking manageable steps to build a data infrastructure that underpins it all. I'm really looking forward to our next podcast, where we're going to summarize it all by discussing the myths versus the realities of an on-time treasury. For now, I want to thank our experts, Estefani Ashbrook and Greg Kavanagh, for your insights today. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Bruce. I'm Bruce Muley, and you've been listening to Estefani Ashbrook and Greg Kavanagh. Thank you for listening to the Treasury Insights podcast series. Bank of America is the marketing name used by certain of the global banking and global markets businesses of Bank of America Corporation, lending, other commercial banking activities, and trading in certain financial instruments are performed globally by banking affiliates of Bank of America Corporation, including Bank of America, NA, member FDIC, copyright 2023 Bank of America Corporation, all rights reserved.